The following is a continuation of the previous episode. Welcome to the Yellow Balloons podcast, a collection of teachings to help you navigate the transformational possibilities of a God-centered perspective. We pray these insights from scripture will inspire and encourage you. In the last episode, we looked at the cosmic war between Satan and Jesus. In this episode, we look at how the prophecy of that war in Revelation 12 and 13 relates to the prophecies in Daniel. Daniel tells of the four beasts coming up from the sea. This parallels with the beasts in Revelation and the unholy trinity designed to deceive humanity. We end with a hopeful look at the victory of God and his kingdom. We join Tim in verse 4 of Revelation 12. So, 14, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she's nourished for time, times, and half a time. So now we have three and a half years, 42 months, 1,260 days, and times, times, and half a time. Now what in the world is this? Well, there's one other place where this phrase is used that I found. Guess where it is? Daniel. So let's go to Daniel chapter 7. In Daniel chapter 7, let's start in verse 1. First year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions while he's on his bed. And he wrote them down. Verse 2, he said, I saw my vision, and behold, four winds of heaven stirring the great sea. Here's the sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, each one different. First beast, a lion with eagle's wings. Wings are plucked off, a human heart's put in. Lion with eagle's wing. This is going to be Babylon. And the human heart put in, that's Nebuchadnezzar when he's given a, a, a godly heart. Okay, that's, that's number one. The second was like a bear and has ribs in his mouth. And it's between and it was said, Arise, devour much flesh. This is Persia. Persia comes in and devours Babylon and becomes this great kingdom. Third, there's another, a leopard, that had on his back four wings. So if it's not, a leopard's not fast enough on its own, this one has wings. And had four heads, and dominion was given to it. This is Greece. This is Alexander. He conquered all of Persia just in no time flat. Just unprecedented. And then I saw a fourth beast, dreadful, terrible, exceedingly strong, had huge iron teeth, devouring, breaking in pieces, trampling, trampling residue with his feet. It was different, and it had ten horns. This is Rome. Remember, the ten horns. Rome has ten horns. Okay, remember that. We're going to see all this again in just a second. So I was considering the horns, not UT, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up from among them, and it was uh, first horns plucked out by the roots, and there in the horn were the eyes of the eyes of a man, and his mouth speaking pompous words, and I watched till thrones were put in place. Remember the word throne shows up 41 times in Revelation because, again, one of the main messages, God's on his throne. He never leaves. may look like it, but he didn't. He never leaves. All this stuff on earth, it's all authorized. And the Ancient of Days was seated. Why do kings sit down? Because they're the ones in authority. His garment white as snow, the hair of his head pure like wool. Always remember that. White hair is a sign of authority. His throne was a fiery flame. What was his throne? A fiery flame. What is Jesus' throne? Say it for me. A fiery flame. Keep that in mind. And a fiery stream issued and came forth from before the throne. Where are we? In heaven. What's happening? A fiery flame. Where's it coming from? God's throne. Who is? A consuming fire. It's a little different picture. You getting a different picture of heaven here? 
And thousands of thousands ministered to him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated. The books were open. And I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. And I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. Where are we? In heaven. Before the throne. What's being burned? The beast. Keep this picture in mind. We're going to see it again. As for the rest of the beasts... They had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with clouds of heaven. He came with ancient of days. They brought him near before him. Then was to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. Seventh trumpet. That all peoples, nations, and languages should, should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. And he shall reign forever and ever. Which shall not pass away forever and ever. And his kingdom, the one that shall not be destroyed. You go back to the statue in chapter 2 of Daniel. You got Babylon on the top, and then Persia, and then Greece, and then Rome. Two legs, partly iron, partly clay, keeps breaking apart, and then is so tough like iron that it kills everything. And then a big rock made without human hands comes down and bashes the statue and fills the whole earth. And that's the kingdom of God. Well, that's what we're talking about. It's happening right now. There's a lot of pain that has to happen in the meanwhile. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit. The visions in my head troubled me. Do you blame him? And he goes and he asks this angel. And he said, well, what's going on? What is all that happened? What is all this? So skip down to verse 23. And he goes through and he tells, you know, these, these beasts are different kingdoms and stuff. And then he says, the fourth king, beast will be the fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all the kingdoms. It will devour the whole earth. This is Rome. Trample it, break it in pieces. We're seeing the Roman Empire, and in the last 2,000 years, this Roman period, there's wars like never occurred before. I just heard something recently. 60 million people died in wars in the 20th century. And I suppose that doesn't even account all the people that died from uh, communist uh, internal purgings and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's just brutal. Verse 24, the ten horns are ten kings. We're going to see this again in just a second. Who shall arise from this kingdom, this Roman kingdom, and another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the first ones and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and laws. So this new king is going to come in and make all the laws himself. He's going to be a despot. And the saints shall be given into his hand. So we're going to see a lot of martyrs out of the martyreos. And, for, and how long? For time, times, and half a time. So this seems to be exactly the same thing as what's going on in Revelation. And I don't know why he says time, times, and half a time. But the best I can do is, it's so you'll connect the dots and say, this is what's happening, it's the same thing. Okay, that's my best shot. Okay, so let's go back to Revelation 12. That was a long interlude to make a point about time, times, and half a time. However, the time, time, and half a time vision is a precursor of what we're about to see. So, verse 15, the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman. He went to make war against the rest of the offspring who kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So something's going to happen where Satan tries to destroy all the believers and God's going to miraculously save them is the best I can do for that. And he doesn't tell us exactly how it's going to happen. He just tells us it's going to happen. 
Remember, he sealed the people, and a lot of this stuff couldn't hurt them. It's no, no real different than the plagues of Egypt. All, this, all these images, very reminiscent of the plagues of Egypt and God's miraculous delivery from Egypt. So then chapter 13. All this is going to sound real familiar. Then I stood on the sand of the sea. So again, this is this interlude, and John's seeing all this stuff. I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. Sound familiar? Having seven heads and ten horns. Have you seen that before? And on his horns, ten crowns. And on his heads, a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw, and this time it's one beast. That's different than Daniel 7. We saw four different beasts, four different kingdoms. Now we have one beast, and look what he is. Like a leopard... His feet like the feet of a bear, his mouth like the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him power. So here we have the beast with ten heads, that's Rome, and he's like a leopard, Greece, like the bear, Persia, like the lion, Babylon. So now what we have is this new kingdom that's incorporated, that's got all the characteristics of everything that's gone before. And here's what I think we can anticipate. It's going to be brutal and have a war machine and be heartless like Rome. It's going to be rapid and able to do blitzkrieg across the whole earth like Greece. It's going to have a vast administration and order and this kind of lumbering bureaucracy like Persia. And it's going to have absolute authority where... Live and die based on what Nebuchadnezzar says, like Babylon. All in one package. Which might be why the Bible never refers to this leader as anything other than the creature. It's going to be a bad deal. So now we can see part of why woe to the earth. And where does the power for this kingdom come? From the dragon. So now we have the inauguration of an unholy trinity. The dragon is like the father. This beast is going to be like the son. Look at this. Verse 3, I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. He's resurrected somehow. So you've got this earthly king who's been resurrected. Given all authority, all authority has been given unto me, he would say. Jesus said that, didn't he? And then he said, I'm leaving and I'm giving it to you. Be great witnesses. Don't fear death. And this beast is going to say, my kingdom is of this world. And if you don't do what I say, off with your head. A little different approach. Where's the Holy Spirit? Ah, we will get there momentarily. So they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Everybody loves a winner. You know, I looked up, who's the best-selling NFL jersey? Any guesses? Peyton Manning's number two. Tom Brady. Yeah, he was one of the most Super Bowls, right? All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I just want to be a winner. Everybody wants to be a winner, so they join up. Verse 5, and he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and was given authority to continue for 42 months. So the dragon gave him his authority, but the heavenly authority provides a limit. 42 months. 1,260 days. Three and a half years. Time, times, and half a time. 42 months. 
Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and overcome them, not So there is an earthly victory that happens. And look, every time death happens, Satan has a little victory. Because death is the final enemy. And we'll see death thrown into the lake of fire as we get to the back of this book. That's not the way God designed it, but it's the way it is today. But it won't stay that way. And we can overcome him if we don't fear death. Isn't that cool? So all authority was given to him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. This is the beast. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And then this admonition. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. Who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here's the patience and faith of the saints. And I honestly am not really sure what to do with this passage. It's a little confusing to me. But I think one thing that's clear is that whatever circumstances come into our lives, we're expected to be faithful unto death and not fear death, whatever they are. That's the message we're supposed to take out of this. I think there's a lot more to this, but I'm just not quite too confident about what it is. So, then verse 11, I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. The first beast came up out of the sea, and this beast comes up out of the earth. What is this beast? He had two horns like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here's wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it's the number of a man. His number is 666. So this other beast is actually called in Revelation the false prophet. Look at 1920, Revelation 1920. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast. So this is the false prophet. So now we have... The unholy trinity complete. The dragon who gives authority to the beast. The beast who appears to have some sort of resurrection, who's the king of the earthly world. And the false prophet, the unholy spirit, who provides the power for miracles to support the beast. And Jesus said, well, if you don't believe me because of what I said, just believe me because of my miracles, right? And that would have been good enough. But here you have all those things taking place for the unholy trinity. So we've got 12 and 13 in the can now. So now let me talk about who is this beast? What does it mean? What is 666? So beast is the Greek word that means beast. It just means wild animal. Remember when Paul has the serpent in his hand and he shakes it off into the fire? 
and he doesn't die, and the people say, oh, he must be a god. Remember that? Beast. And it's translated serpent because from the context, clearly, it's just wild, it means wild animal. When Peter has the wild animals come down in the sheet, wild animal, beast. It just means wild animal. So you've got this wild animal. And the question is, who is this wild animal? Well, I think the main point of the 666 is actually that it's a man. It's a wild animal, but it's a man. Without that, you'd kind of wonder. You know, because we've got these living creatures in heaven that aren't necessarily men. You've got these uh, demon locusts coming out of the bottomless pit and so forth. But let's just talk about, okay, who is this beast? First of all, he's a man, but also he's a dragon. So if we're going to have an unholy trinity, don't you have to have a dragon man to offset the God man? That makes sense, doesn't it? And look at 11.7. Then when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them and overcome them. So apparently the beast is a man that's also a demon. Exactly how that works, I don't know. But that certainly seems to be the case. We just saw... The beast derives his power from Satan. And when we combine with this image of Daniel 7, he's rolling up all the kingdoms in this age of the Gentiles all into one horrific package. Revelation 14, 9 through 11. The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives the mark on his forehead, he will also drink the wine of the wrath of God. So this beast, and we saw this in 13... There will be a requirement you cannot buy or sell. You cannot even participate in the world system whatsoever unless you take this mark. What the mark says, we won't know, but it's probably some kind of loyalty mark. That's normally the way it is. And in fact, remember from what we just read, the false prophet causes people to bow down to a statue, and the statue even comes to life and speaks. What does that sound like? Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And Daniel, he had the statue and they wouldn't bow down, so they got thrown in the fiery furnace. Well, all this, all this has been presaged. You know, we've seen uh, images of what this is going to look like, even the abomination of desolation. Uh, Revelation 15.2 says of the beast, And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, and those who have the victory over the beast, over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass. So the beast who gives the mark, will be overcome by the testimony of the saints who will not take the mark. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is how you beat him. You don't fear death, put your witness first, and then you win. Now, let's just think about that for one sec. If winning is something we really care about, and we do, really care about, and you know, if I'll just put my witness first, no matter what else happens, I win, is that not like the best news ever? That's the message of Revelation. We cannot lose. We will 100% for certain win if we'll put our witness and testimony first and not fear death, any kind of death. What a cool message. I mean, death death is no fun to go through, which is why he's telling us all this stuff. Revelation 16.2, I'm giving you all the instances of beast. So the first went out and poured his bowl on the earth, and the foul and loathsome sore came on the men who had the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. So the first bowl we're going to see is limited to the ones who have the mark. And then 16.10, the fifth bowl is actually poured out on the throne of the beast. Which that's interesting, right? Because the throne came from the dragon. And so now there's actually judgment going straight to the dragon's throne. And they're gnawing their tongues because of the pain. And then Revelation 16.13, demons proceed from the mouth of the beast to deceive people together at Armageddon. Isn't that interesting? 
there has to be a deception happen so the people all gather at Armageddon. Revelation 17, 1 through 17, has an explanation of the beast. And the explanation has seven heads. And the seven heads are the seven hills, seven hills of Rome, as well as the seven kings. And we'll, we'll go through this more when we get to it, but it says five kings have come, one is, and one is to come. And I think all that's telling us is we've had some Roman dictators. We've got a Roman dictator now. And this guy's going to be like a Roman dictator. In addition to being like Alexander the Great and Nebuchadnezzar before he had his heart transferred and Darius before Daniel intervened, that's what this guy's going to be like. That's a hideous thought. If you get depressed about things like presidential elections, it could be worse. It will be worse. It will be worse. Revelation 24, those who do not receive the mark of the beast participate in the first resurrection and reign with Christ for a thousand years. They sit on the throne. Those who do not receive the mark of the beast participate in the first resurrection, which we'll talk about when we get there. It's a special resurrection reward and reign with Christ for a thousand years and they will sit on the thrones. This is one of the main rewards that Jesus holds out for the overcomers. To the overcomer I will give to sit with me on my throne, to reign with me for a thousand years. This is the parable of the talents. Uh, You give me faithful with a little, I'll give you many cities to rule over. And then finally, Revelation 20.10, the devil's cast into the lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet already are. So interestingly enough, the beast and the false prophet actually beat Satan into the lake of fire. And we saw that the beast and the false prophet's lake of fire experience started where? Daniel 7? In heaven, in the throne room, from the fire coming from the throne. Very interesting, don't you think? So... The beast is coming. He will be an unholy dragon man. He'll have a false prophet that will help him. That'll be an unholy spirit. And they will report to the dragon that gives them the throne. And the dragon has this limited authority and has been cast to earth. And so there's this overview of human history so that you can see that when the seals unfurl and the trumpets blow and the kingdom's pronounced, this is what's going on. And the big thing that's happening is there's a change of administration taking place. And the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ. Cool, huh? Thanks, God, for this uh, word of encouragement. I pray that you would just give us tremendous hope and tremendous energy to be faithful witnesses. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Yellow Balloons podcast. If you want more information on adopting a God-centered perspective, visit our website at yellowbloons.net. And if you have any questions related to what you just heard, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at contact at yellowbloons.net. Thanks for listening.